afternoon at 4.30 for everybody. Um, choir practice this afternoon, I forgot to mention that earlier. Choir practice this afternoon, 4.30 for everybody. Have you had excellent reports um, over the last two weeks? So I'm really looking forward to um, hearing the choir all together this afternoon. Amen. All right, if you have your Bible with you, turn to 2 Kings chapter 14. 2 Kings chapter 14. Uh, we come to our next king uh, in our series on the good, the bad, and the ugly. Again, we've, we've looked at uh, so many kings so far. And again, we, I, I'm not going to go through um, every king each time we come to this. Just a reminder that after Solomon, the kingdom is split into two. The northern kingdom is Israel. They never had a good king. Out of the 19 kings that ruled in the northern kingdom, none of them were good. The southern kingdom was Judah. Out of the 20 kings that reigned in Judah, only eight were good. And then we notice, uh, and I am going to do a, a print-off for everybody so you can see the kings, how long they reigned, uh, their the line. So we know that David's dynasty ruled in the southern kingdom. There were lots of different dynasties in the northern kingdom. Uh, Jeroboam only had one son reign. Um, Nadab only had um, one, uh, two sons reign. Um, Omri had four, uh, two sons, um, a son. Oh, my days. Never mind. Um, generation. I'm saying two sons, but they were a, a son and a grandson, two generations. Um, so he had uh, three generations reign. And then Jehu had four generations reign in the northern kingdom. But you see the change, that like almost like the civil war going on in the northern kingdom continuously. And we've also put in where the prophets fitted into all of this. So during the time of Ahab and Jezebel, you had Elijah and Elisha as prophets. We come into the kings at the moment now. Um, at their time, Jonah was a prophet in, uh, in, in Israel. Um, we have some of the minor prophets where, like Obadiah, people are not really sure where Obadiah fit. Some say that he was a really early prophet because of his prophecies against Edom. And we've seen a couple of the kings attack Edom, and we're going to see another one today. So some say he could have occurred really early in terms of the prophets. Others say he occurred much later in terms of uh, where he, his ministry was. Um, so we're kind of putting in the prophets there as well, so you, you get an idea of the kings and, and when they reigned and how long they reigned for. Um, the king we're going to look at today is found in 2 Kings chapter 14. Uh, Amaziah is the son of Ahaziah. If you remember, uh, last time Ahaziah um, was a good king, um, but he, he, he wasn't great. Um, all the time, and uh, he, I, I'm sorry, Joash, uh, was a good king, but he wasn't good all the time, and as a result, at the end of his life, he was assassinated, and then his son, Amaziah, took over um, uh, midway through uh, Joash's reign in the northern kingdom. So, what we see with Amaziah, if I was to say this to you, what is one thing that we look for in our lives? If there's one thing we look for in terms of products we buy, 
um, our Wi-Fi signal, um, our mobile phone, um, our kids' behaviour, um, our sports teams that we that we that we support. What is one thing that we look for? Regularity, consistency. You know, the one thing you hear all the time. Um, you know, when um, you see teams performing, the coach says, "We just want to put in a good performance all the time." I never understand this. You know, with rugby and support in Wales is a stressful uh, is a stressful occupation. Um, but one week they can play brilliantly, and you're like, "Oh, my days, they were awesome." And then the next week you're like, "What was all that about? They were just awful." And the coach comes on and says, oh, we just want to be consistent. The Wi-Fi drives me to distraction. How some days the Wi-Fi can be perfect and you're brilliant and you're online and everything's working. And then the next day, you, you nothing. You know, it drives me to distraction when you're out and about. And the phone says 4G. You've got 4G. That means you should have a good, a good signal. And you can't do anything with your phone. You just want consistency. If we want consistency in our everyday lives, like our kids' behavior, why can they be perfect for their grandparents? But as soon as you pick them up, suddenly they become like those little, remember the Tasmanian devil? Well, you just want consistency. Why can they be good as gold one minute and then they can be like, what? Who is this? If we want consistency in our everyday lives, surely we should strive for consistency in our spiritual lives. But we're not always consistent, are we? We're not consistent with our Bible reading. We're not consistent with our prayer time. We're not consistent with our church attendance. We're not consistent with our witnessing. We're not consistent in our spiritual walk. We don't want to be like the Laodicean church. The Lord said to the church of Laodicea, I wish that you were either hot or cold, in or out. But this half-heartedness, this in the middle, that lukewarm, the Lord said, I would that I were hot or cold. But because you're lukewarm, I will spew thee out of my mouth. Lukewarmness makes the Lord sick. Let me just put it out there. The Lord doesn't want us to be mediocre in our walk with him. The Lord doesn't want us to be lukewarm in our walk with him. Joshua said, look, make up your mind. Either serve the gods that your father served or serve the living God. But as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord. Consistency. What we see in Amaziah, he was the king of inconsistencies. 2 Kings chapter 14, it says, In the second year of Joash, son of Jehoahaz, king of Israel, reigned Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah. He was 25 years old when he began to reign and reigned 29 years in Jerusalem. And his mother's name was Jehoiada of Jerusalem. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. So he's a good king. But not like David, his father. He did according to all the things that Joash, his father, did. Remember, Joash was a good king, but not with his, not with his whole heart. Howbeit the high places were not taken away, as yet the people did sacrifice and burn incense on the high places. And it came to pass, as soon as the kingdom was confirmed in his hand, that he slew his servants, which had slain the king his father. But the children of the murderers he slew not, according unto that which is written in the book of the Lord of Moses, wherein the Lord commanded, saying, The fathers shall not be put to death for the children, nor the children be put to death for the fathers. 
But every man shall be put to death for his own sin. He slew of Edom in the valley of salt. Ten thousand took Selah by war and called the name of it Jokthil unto this day. And uh, we pray the Lord let his blessing to the reading of his word. Father, we thank you for this day, for this time together, and for the opportunity to come around your word. We're thankful, Lord, for the privilege we have to be in church this morning and to be able to not just sing praises unto you, but to be able to sit and hear the word of God, to apply this word to our hearts and to our lives. And Father, we pray that in everything we do, we are consistent. We want to be consistent in our walk with you so that people see our testimony. We want to be consistent in our in our Bible reading, so we learn more of you. We want to be consistent in our prayer time so that our fellowship is sweet with you. We want to be consistent in those aspects of our spiritual lives so that we can make a difference uh, to our family, to our friends, to our neighbors, to our co-workers as they see the light of the Lord Jesus Christ shine through our lives. So Father, we just pray as we look at the areas of Amaziah's life where he was inconsistent that we might be able to apply this word to our hearts and to our lives, and that we could have that consistency in our walk with thee. We pray and ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. So Amaziah was the son of Joash. And he took the throne of Judah in 2 Chronicles 25. It tells us that he was uh, uh, 25 years of age. After the assassination of his father, if you remember, uh, um, his father Joash was assassinated. Um, We saw uh, that um, the the, the Bible says that he he did right in the sight of the Lord, but not like David. Remember, Jeroboam in the northern kingdom was uh, the the, the bar for um, behavior in a bad way. For the northern kings, when they did bad, they were like, he's just like Jeroboam. David was the bar for the southern kingdom. You know, if they did good, they did like David, their father. But not quite as good as David. They were good, but they weren't quite that good. They, they, they were that good, but not that good. Um, and what we see here with Amaziah, we see this half-heartedness. We see this inconsistency. Um, and the first thing we see, he's inconsistent in his actions. We see that he obeys the word of the Lord on one hand, but then he disobeys the word of the Lord on another hand. And it's inconsistent. He's like, yeah, I, 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 I like this Bible verse, so I'll obey this, but I don't really like that Bible verse, so I won't obey it. He's inconsistent in his actions. He comes to the throne, he's 25 years of age, and the first thing he does, um, he goes after the people that killed his father. King Joash's reign had ended in failure. Joash was assassinated by his own men. Amaziah's father left behind a kingdom that was disillusioned, a kingdom that was discouraged. But in his early years... Amaziah did quite well. It says, when it came to pass, as soon as the kingdom was confirmed, so as soon as there was some stability, as as soon as there was some hope, you know, a a lot of times, even in our our country, when we have a change of, you know, leadership, uh, we think, right, perhaps 
this prime minister will make a difference. Perhaps this leader will make a difference. And just for a moment, there's that bit of hope to think, well, change is as good as a rest. You know, maybe this guy will make a difference. And we see that in Amaziah's life. It says the kingdom's confirmed. There's stability. There's, there's hope. There's signs of progress. Joash's reign had ended in murder. Remember, Joash put to death Zechariah the prophet. If you remember Joash, he was, he was saved from annihilation from Queen Athaliah, his grandmother. He was saved from annihilation. Uh, he was brought up by Jehoiada the priest. Um, he, was, he did perfect. He did good in the eyes of the Lord as long as Jehoiada the priest was alive. As soon as Jehoiada died, he kind of slipped back into the ways of the northern kingdom, and as a result, he was assassinated. Uh, when Amaziah uh, began to reign, we see, we see an inconsistency here because he does right in the treatment of his father's killers. He was obedient to the Lord. It says it came to pass, as soon as the king was confirmed in his hand, that he slew his servants, which had slain the kings, his father. But the children of the murderers he slew not, according to that which was written in the, the book of the Lord of Moses, wherein the Lord commanded, saying, The father shall not be put to death for the children, nor the children be put to death for the fathers, but every man shall be put to death for his own sin. And that is Deuteronomy 24, 16. That was the quote there. The father shall not be put to death for the children. Neither shall the children be put to death for the fathers. Every man shall be put to death for his own sin. So Amaziah showed restraint. Remember now, before this, we have seen Athaliah, no restraint. Athaliah has wiped out everybody. And if you remember um, her husband, uh, Jehoram, remember he killed his brothers, remember that? When he took out um, Jehoshaphat, the king had put in all of these, his sons in strategic places. And as soon as Jehoram had come in, he kind of just wiped everybody out and weakened the kingdom. Amaziah shows some restraint. You know, he doesn't take revenge. He actually fulfills the law. That's a great start. Amaziah is obedient to the word of God. Amaziah um, takes care of the people who were responsible for his father's death. According to the Lord of Moses, they'd committed murder. And therefore, according to the Lord of Moses, they were to be put to death. Remember, we're at a time now under the age of the Lord, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth. Um, so he does that. But we've seen before where kings have not only taken care of their rivals... They've taken care of their rivals' families as well because what happens then is these children grow up and they might exact revenge then because of what was done to their father. So they wipe out everybody. But Amaziah shows not just restraint, he shows an obedience to the word of God. Great start, fantastic start. But he's inconsistent in his actions because he obeys that part of the law but it says in verse 4 of 2 Kings 14, how be it the high places were not taken away. As yet the people did sacrifice and burn incense on high places. Amaziah did not remove 
the high places. And as a result, he leaves a crack in the door for sin to be able to enter in to the hearts of his people. Uh, and because of this inconsistency, because of this compromise with wrong, he tolerated the high places. They were places of worship located in the groves of trees planted on top of hills. They were shrines to pagan gods, and they were constructed where uh, they would offer sacrifices to idols. Sometimes we are inconsistent when it comes to right and wrong. There is to be a wall of separation between serving the Lord and serving the world. Serving the Lord and for all intents and purposes serving Satan and the false gods of this world. God commanded that these groves be destroyed. Idolatry was something that Israel struggled with their whole history. Still struggle with it today. Um, you go to the Western Wall and, and they kind of worship that wall more than they worship God. Israel still struggles with idolatry. Um, we've said time and time again, it was easier to get Israel out of Egypt than it was to get Egypt out of Israel. But it wasn't just this problem picked up in Egypt. If you remember, when Jacob fled from Laban, why did Laban chase after Jacob? Why did Laban chase after Jacob? Because Rachel had taken his gods. Remember, she, she dug a hole in the ground and she sat on them. So when he came in to search her tent, she said she was unwell and therefore couldn't get up because he would have been unclean and he didn't go any further. But she'd taken his gods. They'd always struggled with idol worship. God brings them out of Egypt. God, come, you know, we see these 10 plagues. We see the, um, the, the, and we're looking at these with the feast now. We see that Passover night where the Lord passed through uh, Egypt and, and took the firstborn of anyone whose, whose blood wasn't applied to the post. We see the parting of the Red Sea. We see the bitter waters being turned sweet. We see the manna in the wilderness. We see God on Mount Sinai. And what do the children of Israel say to Aaron? Make us a calf so we can worship the God that brought us out of Egypt. Struggled with idols. And God said this, you shall utterly destroy all the places wherein the nations you shall possess serve their gods upon the high mountains and upon the hills and under every green tree. And he shall overthrow their altars and break their pillars and burn their groves with fire. And he shall hew down the graven images of their God and destroy the names of them out of that place. God said, get rid of the idols. Get rid of the shrines. Get rid of the groves. Burn them down. Have nothing to do with them. Amaziah is inconsistent. He obeys uh, Deuteronomy 24, where he only goes after the sins of the fathers and doesn't punish the children for the sins of the fathers. He, he's obedient in this part of the law. But then a few chapters earlier, Deuteronomy said, God said, destroy all the groves. Destroy the idols. Destroy those shrines. Get rid of them. But he leaves them intact. That flirting with idolatry led to the nation being destroyed. That's why the northern kingdom of Israel was taken captive by Assyria. That's why the southern kingdom 
uh, was taken captive by Babylon. If we allow an inch, Satan will indeed take a mile. Amaziah left a crack in the door for the children of Israel. And that was all they needed. 1 Corinthians 5, 6 says, Your glory is not good. Know ye that a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. Amaziah was inconsistent in his alliances, in his actions, sorry, and he was inconsistent in his alliances. It says um, that, all, uh, that Amaziah um, organized his army, and I've got to go to two chronicles a minute, but it, let me just double check. Uh, he organized his army, um, and what happened then, as Amaziah organizes his army, it says in, uh, in two chronicles, chapter 25 and verse 5, it says, moreover, Amaziah gathered Judah together and made them captains over thousands and captains over hundreds according to the houses of their fathers throughout all of Judah and Benjamin. And he numbered them from 20 years old and above and found them 300,000 choice men able to go forth to war that he could have, that could handle spear and shield. He hired also 100,000 mighty men of valor out of Israel for 100 talents of silver. Amaziah was inconsistent in his alliances. Amaziah organizes his army. If you remember, as we said earlier, Jehoram had killed all of his brothers. Remember Jehoshaphat and Jehoram had killed all of his brothers. They were responsible for looking after cities all around Judah, and they were protected. As soon as those brothers were killed, Israel's enemies came against them, and Judah paid the price for it because the army was weakened. What Amaziah is doing here seems right. He rallies the troops. He gets everybody singing off the same hymn sheet. I can't remember um, which logo or whether it was a sports team or um, it says stronger together. Uh, and I can't remember where I've seen that. Or, um, but he's kind of like, yeah, that's right. How many times do we talk about singing off the same hymn sheet? You know, when parents are disciplining kids, you want the, the, the two parents to be coming from the same position because kids will just divide and conquer. They know exactly what they're doing. If you don't believe me, just keep an eye on them. They'll ask you for something and then you'll say no. And do you know what they do then? They go and ask the weaker of the two. Normally in our house, they'd go to their mother and say, Mom, can I have She'd no. And then they come to their father and be like, oh, go on then. They know what they do, and divide and conquer. But here, we, Amaziah seems to have everybody singing off the same hymn sheet. He gets his, his army together, and he gets uh, uh, the, 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 the captains over the thousands and captains over the hundreds, according to their father, so all Judah and Benjamin. Uh, he's got 300,000 choice men able to go to war, and you think, brilliant. He's kind of putting things right, and he, he's got his, his group together, and then we come to verse 6. And we see that inconsistency. Because then he goes to the northern kingdom of Israel and says, do you know what? I'll give you 100 talents of silver. Give me 100,000 men. And he's like, what are you thinking? 
Maybe Amaziah thought that he was onto a, a, a good thing here, but he's trusting in numbers rather than trusting in the Lord. He's planning to invade Edom, and as far as he was concerned, the bigger the army, the more likely for success. But we know from the scripture what God can do with just 300 men. Amaziah could have just turned to the scripture and saw what happened with Gideon. Amaziah, I'm sure, would have heard the stories from Elisha and the host, the captain, uh, the, the host of the angelic armies um, that were talked about um, in the northern kingdom. When the man of God comes, 2 Chronicles 25 and verse 7, a man of God came to him saying, O king, let not the army of Israel go with thee, for the Lord is not with Israel, to wit with all the children of Ephraim. But if thou wilt go, do it. Be strong for the battle. God shall make thee fall before the enemy. For God hath power to help and to cast down. And Amaziah said to the man of God, But what shall we do for the hundred talents which I have given to the army of Israel? And the man of God answered, The Lord is able to give thee much more than this. When it was pointed out to him, the prophet said, look, God will not bless this battle. If you go into battle with these 100,000 men, God can't bless a mess. What was Amaziah's first reaction? What about the money? I've just paid for this army. What about the money? A 100 talents of silver. There are different estimates for the weight of a talent. Uh, but most agree that a talent was probably about 75 pounds. So that's 7,500 pounds of silver. At today's value of 18 pounds, 82 pence per ounce, the value of this silver was probably two and a quarter million pounds. So Amaziah has paid two and a quarter million pounds for this army. And the first thing he says is, if I send them back, what am I going to do with my money? But the prophet said, God can give you far more than that. If you trust the Lord, you cannot out give God. Amaziah was focused on pounds and pence more than he was on a walk with the Lord. His alliance wasn't with his God. His alliance was with the armies of the north. Why did he think the 100,000 men from the north would be far better than the 300,000 men that he had in the south? Amaziah, as we read earlier, did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, but not like David his father. Do you know what really stood out to me when I was reading this? David. Remember when David numbered the people and God said, right, you shouldn't have done that, so you've got a choice. You can run for your life, or you can, this can happen, or I'll send a pestilence on Jerusalem. So that's what David chose. And then remember the angel of the Lord put his sword out over Jerusalem and, and that was stopped. And he told David to go up onto the threshing floor of, of Onan and, and uh, purchase that threshing floor. And that threshing floor would then become uh, the place where the temple would be built. And Onan said to David, you can have it. I'll give you the ground. I'll give you the sacrifices. You can have it all. And David said, I will not give to God that which costs me nothing. 
So David didn't want to do something for the Lord if it cost him nothing. Amaziah didn't want to do something for the Lord if it cost him something. Ah, there's the difference. Amaziah said, I'm not going to do it if it's going to cost me something. And David said, I'm not going to do it if it's not going to cost me anything. Religion that costs nothing is worth nothing. If the king had prayed about this alliance in the first place, then he wouldn't have been in this mess. Do you know why a lot of Christians are in the mess they're in? Because they don't pray about it in the first place. We kind of do it, and then we ask God's blessing on it. We go ahead with a decision that we think is right, and then when it all starts falling apart, we say, oh, Lord, was this the right thing to do? And he's like, do you know what? If you'd consulted me in the first place, I would have given you the right advice. And then we try and clean up the mess that we got ourselves in, and when it doesn't clean up, we end up blaming God, who wasn't the one that put us there in the first place. We ought not to be inconsistent, inconsistent in our alliances. Be not unequally yoked with the world. What fellowship hath uh, righteousness with unrighteousness? What communion hath light with darkness? And here's the problem. We, you know, we look at this and we say, yeah, we shouldn't, we shouldn't be bothering too much with the world. We don't want the world to affect our walk, our, the way we talk, the way we act, the way we think. We don't want the world to affect our walk as a, as a believer. But let me ask you this question. As a believer, does your walk negatively impact somebody else? Does your inconsistent walk with the Lord cause a younger believer to stumble in their walk, to sin. It's unfortunate that some Christians can actually be a bad influence on other Christians when it comes to living for God. A Christian who is committed will walk to a different beat. Amaziah was inconsistent in his actions. He was inconsistent in his alliances, and he was inconsistent in his attitude. Amaziah goes to battle against the Edomites, and the Lord actually gives him the victory. We're told in 2 Kings 14, 7, he slew of Edom in the Valley of Salt, 10,000, and took Selah by war, and called the name of it Jokthiel unto this day. Jokthiel literally means the blessing or the reward of God. Amaziah felt that the Lord had blessed him in this victory. Um, so you think, well, that's brilliant. Amaziah has called this city Jokthiel. He said this is a blessing or a reward from God. That's fantastic. What a great attitude. But then if you turn to 2 Chronicles 25 and verse 14... It says it came to pass after that Amaziah was come from the slaughter of the Edomites that he brought the gods of the children of Seir and set them up to be his gods and bowed down himself before them and burned incense to them. <laughs> so Amaziah has this great victory in Edom and he calls the name of that town Jokthiel, the blessedness, the reward of God. And then he says, do you know what I'm going to do to honor God? I'm going to take all of these false gods from this city and I'm going to take them home and I'm going to worship them. You're like, what are you thinking? How inconsistent uh, an attitude. Why would he do a thing like that? 
Maybe he just wanted to show himself as a progressive leader. You know, people are already worshiping all kinds of different idols back in Jerusalem. What difference would one more make? Maybe that would make him fit in more with the crowd. You know, maybe the, the people then would say, do you know what? He's just like us. We don't want the world to say that as believers, we are just like them. We're meant to stand out. We're meant to stand up. We're meant to stand fast. We're meant to look different, act different, talk different. Because Christ did not blend in. He stood out. Uh, how sad is that Amaziah was a good king. Remember some of the things we've seen from the northern kings? How many northern kings have, have, have caused the, the, where it says the anger of the Lord was kindled against them? We've seen that. How many times have we seen that in the northern kings? Time and time and time again. 2 Chronicles 25 and verse 15. Look what it says about Amaziah. Wherefore, the anger of the Lord was kindled against Amaziah, and he sent him a prophet, and said unto him, Why hast thou sought after the gods of the people, which could not deliver their own people out of thine hand? If the gods of the Edomites were that clever, why did Amaziah have the victory? Why didn't the Edomite gods stop Amaziah's victory? Amaziah is the only good king of whom it is said, the anger of the Lord was kindled against him. We see the inconsistency in Amaziah's, in, in Amaziah's uh, attitude. The prophet that came and spoke to Amaziah. Amaziah threatens to take his life, just like his father had done to Zechariah the prophet. And you think, why haven't you learned? You know, on the one hand, he listened to the prophet when the prophet said, don't, don't take those 100,000 men from Israel. God will give you the battle. So he listens to the prophet on that hand. But then when the prophet says, why have you taken these idols? Why uh, have you done this thing? The king said to him in verse 16 of 2 Chronicles 25, art thou made of the king's counsel? Forbear. Why shouldest thou be smitten? Then the prophet forbade and said, I know that God hath determined to destroy thee because thou hast done this and not hearkened unto my counsel. The king basically said to the prophet, you be careful. You know, I, just like my father killed Zechariah, I can certainly take care of you. And what happens then is that Amaziah estimated his own abilities. Amaziah got too big for his boots. Amaziah, after one victory, thought, you know what? I'm going to take on the northern kingdom. That's what he said his sights on next. It says in verse 17, 2 Chronicles 25, Amaziah, the king of Judah, took advice and sent to Joash, the son of Jehoahaz, the son of Jehu, king of Israel, saying, come, let us see one another face to face. Amaziah saying, let's go to war. 
Joash, the king, sent to Amaziah saying, mm, just remember your place. He gives a, 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 a proverb about the thistle that was in Lebanon, send of the cedar that was in Lebanon, saying, give thy daughter to my son to wife. And they passed by a wild beast that was in Lebanon and trod down the thistle. What, I, what Joash is saying to Amaziah is, hey, you may have taken the Edomites on, but the northern kingdom's a different kettle of fish. You need to be careful. Don't bite off more than you can chew. But Amaziah's pride wouldn't leave it like that. He goes up to war against the northern kingdom. Joash absolutely humiliates Amaziah, brings him back down to Jerusalem uh, with his tail between his legs and makes the people pay for their own king. You talk about a king's ransom. That's exactly what happened. Um, Judah was put to the worst before Israel. Every man fled. And it says then in verse 23 of 2 Chronicles 25, Joash, the king of Israel, took Amaziah, king of Judah, the son of Joash, the son of Jehoahaz, at Beth Hamesh, and brought him to Jerusalem, break down the wall of Jerusalem from the gate of Ephraim to the corner gate, 400 cubits. He took all the gold and silver and all the vessels that were found in the house of God and the treasure of the king's house, uh, the hostages also, and returned to Samaria. Amaziah lived um, uh, after the death of Joash, son of Jehoaz, king of Israel, 15 years. Uh, and the rest of the acts of Amaziah, first and last, are they written in the book of the kings. But what the book of the kings tells us is that Amaziah did not have a uh, long, fruitful life. Amaziah, we are told, if I can find it, uh, Amaziah, 2 Kings 14, 17. Amaziah, the son of Joash, king of Judah, lived after the death of Jehoash, son of Jehoash, king of Israel, 15 years. The rest of the acts of Amaziah are written in the book of the Chronicles. In verse 19, it says they made a conspiracy against him in Jerusalem. He fled to Lachish, but they sent after him to Lachish and slew him there. What an awful end. Amaziah returned home because of his pride, because of a victory in Edom. He thought he could take on Israel on his own, came home with his tail between his legs. You know, sometimes we're inconsistent in our attitudes. God gives us a victory in one area of our life and suddenly we feel like we can, we can do anything. We're indestructible. And what that does then is, is that kind of lets our guard down. We're no longer consistent in our prayer life because we think, well, I had the victory in this before, so why wouldn't God give me the victory? And then we fail to, to kind of consult God at all. We fail to consult his word. We fail to pray about it. And then we end up returning with our tail between our legs. Amaziah was inconsistent. He wasn't particularly a good man. And he wasn't particularly a bad man. He was a man who allowed indifference in his life. He obeyed the word of God on one hand, but then he disobeyed the word of God on another hand. He listened to the advice of the prophet on the one hand, but then he didn't heed that advice on the other hand. He was humble when it came to giving God the glory on the one hand, but then he was puffed up and proud of his achievements on the other hand, just inconsistent. He was too good to be classified as a bad king, 
but too bad to be classified as a king who did that which was right, like David, his father. He did that which was right, but more like his father, Joash, who started well when Jehoiada was alive, but didn't end well. What is our walk with the Lord like? Is it consistent? Are we completely sold out to the Lord? Do we know the direction that our walk needs to take? Are we consistent day by day? How are we when it comes to temptation? Do we kind of get the victory on one day, but then the very same temptation can come a few days later and we give in to it? Are we consistent uh, by being led, controlled, yielded by, to the Spirit of God? Um, do we uh, allow pride to creep into our lives when we get a victory, and as a result of that, destruction comes the very next opportunity because we're so puffed up with what we've achieved? This world doesn't need another Amaziah. This world needs another David. So let's strive to be more like David. David has really set the bar. You might say, well, the thing is, I remember what David did with Bathsheba. I remember what David did with, with Numen. I remember what David did. But if you look at David's penitent prayer in Psalm 51, David didn't commit sin and then think, well, it's okay because I'm David. I'm God's man. I'm God's choice. David was absolutely broken. David shows us that mistakes can happen. Sin can creep into our lives. But it's not the sin that defines us. It's not the mistake that defines us. What defines us is our ability to trust in the Lord, to get back up onto our feet, and to keep on serving him. Don't be inconsistent in your walk with the Lord. Let's have a heart like David. And as a result, we'll have a heart like God's. Father, we thank you again for this day, for this time together, and for this opportunity to come around your word. Lord, we just pray that you would continue to speak to our hearts. Father, we just want to be consistent in our walk. We want to be consistent in our work. We want to be consistent in our worship. We want to be consistent in our witness. Because you are worthy. You deserve uh, that level of consistency and commitment from us. Lord, we're so thankful for all that you do for us. Would you help us to live a life that is pleasing to you? Would you help us to follow the examples of the godly, spiritual men in the Bible and help us to learn from the mistakes of those that are recorded in your word, those that started well and didn't finish well, those who never even started well but made mistake after mistake, sin after sin. Help us to learn from those bad examples so we don't fall into the same trap as it were. Father, I just prayed you continue to speak to our hearts today and help us as we serve you. We pray and ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Let's stand and sing our last hymn together. Oh, Christ in thee. We stand as we sing.
close us in a word of prayer. Thank you, Jesus. This morning, Lord, to sing your praises and to gather around your word and share fellowship one with another. We thank you for the word, Lord, and the challenge to us to be consistent. Uh, as up Christi uh, Christians are often branded as being hypocrites, Lord, so let us uh, let us always be consistent in our faith, Lord, and uh, to be to respond positively to the word that we've heard this morning. Thank you for speaking to our hearts, Lord. Thank you for this time together. Be with us until we meet together again later this day. We pray this. In the name of our Lord and Saviour, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.